All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast powered by our friends over at X2 Power Batteries. As always, I'm your host, Bailey Agbrett, and joined with me is the captain, Mr. Andy Fole. What's going what, on, man? What's up, man? It's, um, you know, as we're recording this, I can hear the birds chirping, the sun is peeping out behind you. It's making me quite envious. We got a wicked ice storm here in western new york and to give you like an idea of how crappy it is out my driveway has about this much snow and ice on it and when i stepped out this morning to clean off my wife's car my feet almost went out from underneath oh, me and i like say, did you eat it <laughs> very very close but it's so thick from the rain and the freezing rain hitting the snow and i mean i'm not a small guy i'm like 230 pounds i wasn't even like compressing down into the snow ice slush it was just solid like it was not oh, fun man. yeah it was uh i can't believe we didn't lose power to be honest because everything has like this much ice on it so it's kind of crazy yeah but yeah we're, kind of we're here happy that i'm not down there yeah just make me and all of our viewers jealous of the birds and egrets and whatever else is flying around chirping away behind you yeah, we'll we'll let them uh, keep listening to the birds behind me. <laughs> uh, I'm enjoying my last couple days here in Florida before I head back north into uh, the nice icy, snowy tundra. Um, as we record this, obviously, you know, folks are either watching or listening to this on a Friday. Uh, Andy and I are recording this actually Thursday morning, so the yesterday for you folks, yeah. um, because I am going to Tampa Bay Lightning game tonight with my dad. And then, so that's kind of why we're not uh, we're not doing this at, in the evening like we always do. Although I kind of like this this morning deal. Yeah, it's kind of actually nice. Like I think we should do this more because then there's no pressure at night. We're awake. I just had the coffee. We're good to go. No, yeah. no children but, screaming uh, or throwing tantrums in the background. Like it's it's nice and quiet and serene at my house. Yeah, day one of Seminole is about to fire up right now. Watch a little bit of live before I have to get some stuff done today. And They're already catching them. Ike and Ellie uh, already has a four-pounder in the boat for big bass. So Ooh, they're catching them. Yeah, Drew Cook has already got two fish for five and a half pounds. Like, oh, of course he does. Yeah, he's going to smoke them. God dang it. I think yeah, I for drain the lake. I'm pretty sure he lives on Lake Seminole. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I did pick him for Drain the Lake, but I think I think I why I didn't. I'm trying to remember what bucket he was. Um, oh, he was an A because he finished. Okay. In the top so top I picked game. Cobb. That's why. Because yeah. yeah. I think Wait. all of you guys picked Cook, so that's why uh, I went with Cobb. Yeah, I might have. I'm looking right now because I. I don't think you picked Cook either. Actually, you know what I think about it. Yeah, I. I was trying to do. I th- actually think I took swin- Swindle. In, Swindle uh, is I how you pronounce it. Actually, I almost, I almost said Swindle <laughs> again. You know, that was just the beers talking. I was being a little funky. So give me a second here. I'll tell you. As a quick recap, I'll tell you what my group is. But uh, yeah, none of my guys have a bass in bass track just yet. Actually, never. Mind. I take the back. I take the back. Literally, Cobb just recorded a three and a quarter. Nice. Bashtrack does not have his weight or anything up, <laughs> so that's or not Bashtrack. Um, fantasy it, fishing. It keeps pulling up my drain the lake. Give me a second here. There we go. Now it's working. Yeah, you got to click my team. They changed the, the site around a little bit. Yeah. So I have Swindle, Polnick, Palmer, Prosnick, and Jason Christie. I had a little bit different team than everyone else. The mm-hmm. was it Boomer, Brennan, and Deacon? I think all chose the same people. Same for like, damn team. Yeah. Yeah, so they're all going down together or going to have equal points. That's right. So we'll see. We my, see. My team of Cobb, Hackney, Cox, New, and Poche hopefully are going to have themselves a derb. Mm, I think they will. I hope, so. I hope Poche catches them because I want to see his little tin boat up like a creek Dude, somewhere. Just you know how cool that would be for live? Like That's what they need, honestly. As much as I'm a guy that loves to fish offshore, like – from a live TV standpoint, that's what people love to see. Because honestly, that's most relatable, more relatable than somebody offshore staring at live scope. Well, yeah, especially in today's world of like, we can go down a rabbit hole real fast and talk about like boat prices, right? Yeah. In today's world of fiberglass boats, it's almost to a point, like I was just looking at it last night with my CX-19, right? Like 
I'll be open. I got a pretty good deal on it. And um, I could sell it today for more than I paid for it. And this is eight months out because used boat and new boat prices with inflation, the cost of materials, importing materials from China and Indonesia for all the plastic and metal parts that go in these boats, the prices are up like 200, 300% on some of the small things. And that's why you're seeing these prices like, Insane. I really, truly believe that in a couple of years, we're going to start seeing more people like Keith Poche with the like tin boat armies and getting into these untapped backwaters that like John Cox has been doing for years with the Crestliner Bass Hawk. But like, I think you're going to start seeing a transition to where you start seeing more tin boats. Could you imagine another rabbit hole re- real quick could you imagine if like a pro circuit came out and was like we're doing 10 boats only 115 horsepower we're gonna limit to like 60 anglers thirty thousand dollar entry fees and have like a fifty thousand dollar first place prize and they go to like all these little lakes and river systems to where like it can really showcase those 10 boats how much fun would that be from like a live tv setting that would be ridiculously fun yeah, it's like the Hobie stuff, right? Like, because you could access water that was never deemed accessible from a fiberglass boat standpoint. I would love to see it, even if it was like a two or three tournament series. Well, that's like, you know, you look at a Bassmaster kayak with the resources they have and because they allow motors in it. So, like, kayaks can be a little bit more mobile in regards to how far they go throughout the day because not all of your field is going to be as psychotic as me with my, my thunder thighs and, and pedals 13 miles, you know, one direction. Not, that's an exaggeration. 13 miles would be like a whole day, but like, I'm tired yeah. just thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's exhausting. Like at the end of the day, it's nice though. Cause you feel good at the end of the day from a, a standpoint of like, you got a good workout in, especially like when you go three and a half, four miles at a, re- a decent pace, like holding 4.5, which for my kayak folk, they know that's like you pedal to the metal, but uh, <laughs> but like You're with the motor stuff, you just down there, bud. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we're flying. We're putting on, putting around plane, boys. Um, but like, you think about it, you know, you have motors with the kayak on that series. I mean, what's to stop you from taking like like a Keith Poche style boat and following some of the kayaks up there and you know live streaming it? I think people would watch it. I I agree completely. We need we need to like force our hand if we ever had that amount of sway and be like, listen, guys, you need to do like a backwoods type tin boat derby on a professional setting. That that could be like the great equilibrium, right? Like bring both series together and have like a tin boat world championship. And I know there's some John boat leagues out there. Yeah, I don't. I, I think they're just like Tuesday nighters, though. I don't know if there's like a legit league obviously there's not a legit league we know about it but like um in regards to like a national deal but i know like in virginia trying to remember his youtube channel he's a fairly big youtuber um he did like a whole national series where he travels around with his little john boat but like he lives in virginia i think uh and he he does like a bunch of john boat night tournaments like club deals so like i mean that could be a cool thing on the national scale i just uh It'd be interesting. Honestly, you just I feel like then though you'd have that competitiveness, and then you'd see just these battleships for John boats, and you'd have the same deal as you're seeing in the boat tournaments right now. You'd have to have some sort of restriction to keep it at that simplicity level. Yeah, and I don't know. I could be wrong there, but I think either way, I think uh, fishing right now needs to see some ways to because obviously people love the live streaming. Like they love Bassmaster Live. I personally love all live for fishing in regards to whether it's MPFL, MLF, bass, regardless. But like dabble with some kayak in there, dabble with some, you know, different leagues that we have going on. I think from a content creator standpoint, there's so many videos out there of guys that are like fishing and it's like a 15 minute video of their nine hour day where it might be interesting to dabble with like going live from your dang kayak for five hours straight and people watch and see what you do like they're watching you almost you know eat it trying to get over a log in your kayak type of deal like it could be interesting i don't know the infrastructure that needed for that but obviously you need cell service but it'd be hey if someone wants to watch me go live for seven hours and 
you know, swear at myself trying to find fish offshore. Right. Let's put it in. Um, let's leave it to the viewers, right? Like down below, if you're watching on YouTube or listening on YouTube, leave a comment and put on there. Bailey should go live on be the fish or like even just post like a four five, six hour YouTube video of just like unedited. I think that'd be something really cool to see like the entire realm of like the kayak and what your whole day is like instead of like short clips so if like everyone tuning in if you want to see something like that leave a comment down below in the youtube comments because um i think that's something that'd be really cool for bailey's i mean the fish yeah page. i could go live on serious angler i could go live yeah. on serious angler social media like instagram which is probably the easiest way to do it honestly yeah. Uh, because I could have just uh the phone right there, and then I mean, this is something you could do too, Andy. So oh, it's like, sure. I don't know, people want to see that. I mean, we go fishing a lot, so we can we can certainly just go live for a full day on social or something like that and bring you guys along. But mm-hmm. yeah, if that's something you guys want to see, throw it in there. But I don't know. Uh, I am excited to watch a little bit of Bassmaster Live. I didn't get to watch too much of the Harris Chain because I was literally on the water. I got to watch it a little bit when I was like graphing from one area to the next. Mm-hmm. Uh, but beyond that, like I didn't get to watch too much live. I got to watch more of like Clay's insanity go down. But uh, I, dude, Harris Chain, it was frustrating, man. I yeah, I thought yeah, I was man. on something really good, which I th- I think I was on something pretty decent in regards to the offshore grass that I found. It was only me, uh, and maybe, I mean, in the tournament itself, there's only me and one other kayak that figured yeah. the deal out and there's actually uh brand berlinski from new york as well he figured it out um but i found some stuff apart from where him and i had had like a similar area that ju- like it didn't have a lot of fish but it had big ones hmm. like i caught a five and a half pounder in it on the tournament when there was a mud hole but like there was probably two two and a half foot of his in practice uh and two days before it um i caught a five pounder and then a four and a half on the same area. It's literally just one, this part that's like, there's just grass, submerged grass point that comes off. And then about 50 yards past that point, there's a hard spot with three different grass clumps. And you can see that dotted up on it. Looking back, I wish I took a screenshot to like, as a representation for folks, but it is, uh, I had a lot of faith in that area until obviously the water dirtied up, but typical Florida, you got Florida by Florida. I did get Florida. I got Florida by the Florida <laughs> weatherman is what I yeah. got wrecked by. But like, I mean, that's just an excuse because I, I could still see him on mega live on Saturday and day with the tournament. I made a bad decision to stay in there too long, but I mean, I did catch the one big one, but I had to literally like it was sitting there right on the bottom in the middle of these clumps. And I was just like slowly dragging a chatterbait, like ripping it up into its face. You know, it almost felt as if I hit it on the head and that is when it ate. Like it was, it was pretty, it was pretty much a struggle because it was one, it was a cold front and everybody knows how cold fronts work in Florida. Two, it was like two inches of visibility. So like you had that going for you too. And it was blowing 20 miles an hour, like just straight, like nonstop with some gusts that were harder than that. So it wasn't ideal. You guys will see it on the, uh, the be the fish chasing hardware videos that are coming soon. But man, I made bad decision to stay there too long. Cause I, as soon as I moved up into shallow or found some cleaner water later in the day, I saw fish everywhere. I got my limit fast. Not that there was a big limit, but like saw eight pounder on a bed, found another one on a bed. They weren't locked, but like there was definitely bigger fish there that probably could have ran into in the morning while the day or the, the visibility for that, for the fish was loves darker. So that probably could have bit, um, cause I made that adjustment day two where I went to, a section of the lake that didn't get pounded with that wind the two days prior um, and caught like three decent fish quick um, and then went into the canals and had a uh, had myself a time losing potentially two of the fish that could have been the biggest fish I've ever caught. Yeah, you um, made a pretty good adjustment. Do you want to talk about like the adjustment you made when you went shallow, like your technique that you started using? Yeah, yeah. So what it was... Um, I, I had another grass area that I don't think it was as good as my, my primary spot that I just explained, but I had another stuff that, uh, that was like, I was catching, you could catch a bunch of them, like pound and a halfers to maybe two pounds. Uh, and I went there and I caught three, like right off the bat 
Uh, and then to be quite honest, you'll see in the video, it's funny. Uh, I had about, I mean, I, I can't guesstimate that well as some of our Floridians or our Southerners can, but uh, it, was, it was probably about a 12 foot gator that hmm. suspiciously kept coming closer and closer and closer to me and then kept, would sink underwater and I'd go around down the stretch and then he'd sink up back behind me like 40 yards. So I'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to move along here. Um, he but, said, this, uh, this Bailey guy looks awfully tasty. I got to be opportunistic to get him. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it wasn't like I, anything crazy was going down anyways. In like two hours, I caught three fish. Um, but this day, there was no wind. There was no wind compared to day one where it was blowing like a mother. And there wasn't. it was way hotter. Like we had probably almost, I think it was like 85, 87 as a high of the temps, whereas 71 was the high the day prior, which felt much colder, obviously, because of the wind. Um, it was a northeast wind, which is like, as anglers know, is like the worst death. wind. It's yeah. like death to a bass fisherman. Yeah. Any fishing, really, but. Yeah. Um, and something I figured out, so I, I decided to scrap everything. And being that I found the best fish I found shallow the day prior, uh, what I did was I've literally that night before I looked at the map because now with Hobie BOS, we are given launches we're allowed to go to. It's not like it was, but they, you know, before where it's like, if it's public and you can figure out a way to launch, you're good to go. Like now they're restricting people to where you can launch, which is neither here nor there. We can have to get into it right now. But um, I essentially what I did is went and pulled up the launch map. Of they put like little dots on where you could launch, and it's. And I tried to find the place that is the farthest away from every single ramp where it'll restrict how many kayaks I'll see. Um, and I didn't see a single kayak on day one besides when I launched. Um, and so it worked out. I, what I did is I just went and I looked at a bunch of canals that were in that area that I knew one, uh, the only people would be in it that I run into would be other boats. And so the first one I popped into, I noticed this one, I was the only one that had it, but I had a concrete wall right around the entire point of the mouth going into it. Hmm. Uh, and I've heard rumblings of potentially some shad spawns in Florida uh, and literally two casts into uh, there's So there's a bunch of grass right out in front of it, but there's, there's like a little channel lane that's like right in flush with that uh, concrete wall. First cast with a chatterbait caught like a 15 inch here. So like for... Folks, it's probably like a pound and a half or not even. Um, and the second cast lost one that was probably like two, two and a half. Cause it came up a little bit and I was like, ah, damn. But like, at least I'm coming on to like a little bit of pattern. That's like the quickest bite after bite that I've gotten. Mm-hmm. Went back into that canal, got cleaner, cleaner water back in there. Uh, especially the ones that I noticed were northern facing canals. Where the wind wasn't able to rip into it as easy. Uh, Cause we didn't really get any crazy south winds throughout the week um but i cleaned up back there and uh ended up catching my limit just uh pitching there's a bunch of hydrilla patches in the backs of the cuts and i would just pitch next to the like past the hydrilla cut or the hydrilla patch and i just drag a worm i was dragging a, a seven inch gambler fat ace trying to find those bigger bites talk about a florida staple yeah yeah <laughs> I balls in that lure lab episode um and so i pitched that in there caught my limit doing that and then they were like 14 15 inches uh and then left and started i'm like okay so like literally i just got four bites in a canal i'm like i'm running canals for the rest of the day it was probably 11 o'clock at that point had four hours left ran across the lake took me like 45 minutes to run across the lake because i was on griffin and griffin at the bottom is for a kayak is wide um and went in the first canal and it was absolutely loaded with uh, these bigger pads. I'm try- I don't know the exact name of them, but like you have your lily pads, but then you have your like people know what I'm talking about when by these Florida pads. Like are they the, like the little ones, the dollar extend. pads? No, no, like the so you have like your dollar pads and you have your lily pads, and then you have these ones that are almost look like like um like the spade. You know okay. what I'm about? Yeah. Like they have really really thick roots that a lot of the bass spawn on. Um, I I. I'm so bad with vegetation names. Like if it's not hydrilla, coontail, or milfoil, I probably couldn't tell you what the hell it is. Um, but essentially, I just know a lot of this stuff is in Florida. That's where the vast spawn on. And I was flipping it for so long for, and for a while. And then it took till I saw a boater. That was one boat that was in there catch like a 
pound and a half or two pounder throwing a spinnerbait through it and watched a bass absolutely crush a bluegill under these little pads uh, that I realized uh, I had um, I got a big bite. I got a four pounder in practice taking a um, I think it's a six or seven inch rage swimmer with a belly weighted swim bait. It was a six hot owner beast belly weighted swim bait hook. And I would was pitching reeds with that and I'd swim it through, bonk it off of reeds. And I caught a four, a four pounder doing that in practice. And so I was like, man, why do I do that around these pads? Because I'm not catching anything flipping the pads. I'll take that back. I lost one flipping reeds in that cut before I started fishing the pads that when it flashed, it's probably a four pounder. Mm. Um, it was a good one. There's definitely what obviously helped and it would have been in my bag for the whole day, but that's neither here nor there. It was one where it's like, I flip into it. You could tell it was spawning on it because you didn't even notice it pick up and it was swimming off. Yeah. And when I leaned to the hook into it, it was already in another clump of reeds and I lost it. And all I pulled back was another reed. So it mm-hmm. got me stuck. Uh, and that was like a note, a learning lesson there for me in regards to when you're fishing for spawners, especially spawners you can't see. Do not be the dits that I am when you pitch in. You start looking around and you start taking your time because usually yeah. when you do, you pitch in there, you leave it for like five seconds. You don't do anything with it. And then you can shake it. Then you bring it back. I picked that up from Brandon Lester last year on the Harris train and how he was doing that. Same deal. And that he's like, yeah, I'd pitch it in there. I leave it. So leave it for like five, 10 seconds, shake it, bring it back. If I don't have a bite. That's what I was doing, but my problem is I wasn't paying attention to my damn line. I kept like, Ooh, bird. like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I look over my line. Oh, my line's going left or right. Very <laughs> I should probably wake up. Um, yeah. I lost that fish because I wasn't paying attention. Um, but then I started uh, fishing those pads. So I picked up that belly weight swim bait and first cast, catch a three pounder, swimming it through the pads, a sick bite, which is like literally bounced it off the one read of the pad, went smoke. Yeah, oh, and I cracked I it, it. And it was like right to the roof of the mouth. It was a 16 and a half, which was about a three pounder. And uh, I was like, Dan, this could be a good bite. Like, especially if I get some another one doing this. Caught another 15 incher doing it, and I left that canal, went into the next one, and right at the mouth of it, uh, there was a transition where it went from reeds to these pads that I was talking about, and I bring it right along the edge. And it, it, when I tell you that I got smoked, like it felt like somebody took a baseball bat and hit my swim bait, uh, cracked it. And all I saw was just big mouth come up and it was like barely skin hooked and then just threw it right back at me. I mean, I saw the thing flash too on its side and it was a big one. Bass. It was probably <clears throat> 22 incher if I had to guess. Um, it was fat too. I could see like when it rolled at the top. Um, unfortunately, GoPro footage, I think it got the flash, but I don't think you can actually really see the detail over my left shoulder, but it was over seven pounds because it was tubby. And, uh, so that sucked, but I, that gave me like further clue that, Hey, this is, this is what I gotta be doing for the rest of the day. I'm not putting this thing down, but I'm sitting there. I'm like, that's okay. I lost that one. I don't know if it was just chalk up to, you know, just just happens because these fish are somewhat spawning right now and some spawners can be hard to hook. And so I just kept going along that Creek and the back of my mind, I'm like, man, I should really put a stinger hook on this thing. Uh, and really looking back, I should have just taken the time to rig up a stinger hook. Cause I probably would have caught the rest of the fish that bit that day. Uh, but go back in that cut, lose like an 18 incher, like a, it was probably almost four pounds. And then, go all the way back in the cut, get bumped a couple times, couldn't see the fish. They didn't feel big. And then hit the last canal. That was the biggest one. And lose another one. That's a, uh, I saw the thing, had the whole thing in its mouth too, which is the crazy part. And I think what we've we've discussed was we're chalking it up to either one, it's a swim bait hook, or two, it could be I need a longer, stouter rod, especially for that big swim bait hook. But I lost another one, man, when that thing swirled. It wasn't as big as the first one I lost, but it was freaking damn big, like mm-hmm. bigger than the five and a half that I caught the day prior and lost that doing the same thing. Just watch the swim bait disappear and set the hook and it comes flying out of its mouth. Um, but I was told, so I was talking with Boomer with uh, Mr. Alpha Angler and he was mentioning that the Hayabusa swim bait hook is like the deal now, which I always thought owner beasts were like legit, which I know they works in some cases. I mean, the first fish I caught that day I cracked it through a skull. But I guess it's just more of 
instance, but I'm going to have to give that Hayabusa a try. Um, either way, the technique was fun as heck, dude. Cause it was like, it was like typically, and looking back on it, like if I knew I wasn't getting hung up, I probably should have thrown the mag draft instead because I would have probably caught all of those fish or at least mm-hmm. not, at least would have hooked them much better. Uh, especially the standard that has a treble hook on the bottom. But it was just one of those deals, man, where it's like, I think it really came down to setup that screwed me. And I think, I don't think my setup was bad. It was just more like, I think especially just changing hook probably would have helped, or at least putting a stinger on. But I was throwing a 7.6 heavy fast. Uh, 20 pound fluorocarbon. It was a Shimano Corrado K200. Uh, it was a six to two. So I was able to literally slow roll it. Um, and like the speed wasn't anything that was never a problem. It was just like, I don't know. Those, those fish just came off and I was like, well, man, I mean, looking back on it, I was like upset obviously because fishing clean is always your number one goal. Um, but I was like kind of happy that I made that adjustment. I could have had a really big day. And I, I wonder I'm near close to a hundred inches if I landed all those fish. Um, but it was just kind of like, it was like, I felt good. You know, Florida, it's my first time fishing Florida, fishing a derb down here, made the right adjustment, especially what happened yesterday. Cause I made bad adjustments on day one. Um, I'm like, I'm going to keep the head high just for the, the pure fact that I made a good adjustment and I didn't absolutely suck. Uh, I had a slightly better day, day two inches wise than I did day one. Um, and it only moved me up two spots. So a whopping 62nd out of 155 people. Hey, still in the top half, bud. Still in the top half. Yay, top yeah. half. Yeah, participation trophy for Bailey. Congrats. Well, it ruined my streak, man. I had like a streak going since the first third of last year. It was like six, f- f- 14, 15 tournaments in a row, top 10% of the field. So I was kind of bummed. We, yeah, man, we all have bad days. It, It's nothing new, and you'll get over it, and you, I'm sure you'll come back to New York and whoop up on everyone again so i'm sure all the kayak anglers are looking forward to that here but i want to digress quickly and go back to like the swim bay right like that bite did you analyze the film yet to see like what you did differently was your hook set different from the one that you pinned in the top of the mouth to losing the two fish like like is there was there something along those lines that maybe it was why you lost them the big one like the big big one that I saw at the whole mouth and everything because of where I was, I had to set the hook back over my left shoulder, which I'm reeling right-handed. Yeah. Whereas one that I set that I, the first one, I, I remember feeling to make sure that was a bite and not a read. So I gave it a second, which I think that could have been a thing where I, maybe I should have given a second to it to actually eat it fully. And then I cracked it hard over my right shoulder, which is like natural hook set. Yeah. And I hit that thing hard. Whereas I think, the big, the two big ones that I lost, I think it might have been too quick. Yeah, you're you're all excited and giddy, like that's probably what happened, honestly. And- it could have been like I was more of like a like that spinnerbait reaction, you know. As soon as mm-hmm. you get pumped is when you set. Whereas this one, it might be might be more of and this is where we need to get somebody on that knows this way more than us. Um, it could be more like when you swim a worm, where if you get bumped and you swim a worm, you stop. Yeah. If you, you reel your line slack. Make sure you feel the fish, and then you set. Oh, it's almost like you, you give it more of a hesitation than a frog. Yeah, um, I think that is probably where I should have done, where I could have let it, you know, take it down its mouth a little bit more, and then give her the beans type of deal. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Is like now that you say that, it almost makes sense, right? Like, because the first one you pause, but the other two you hit them right away, and you said that they were barely skin hooked, but the one that ate it good, and you got good you waited a half a second so maybe you just answered your own question like should i pause for a half a second before wailing on them i don't know it's it's tough because you're learning it's a technique that you're not accustomed to doing so it was basically new to you down there from what i know and understand the way you fish that it's hard to get the one to have confidence to throw it and then two to figure out exactly how to land those fish on the first couple times like same thing with everything the more repetition you get with it the more accustomed you get to like all the little minute details that go into actually landing the fish so you'll be all right you'll get them next time yeah i'm not i'm not too worried about it i mean i i literally almost never throw a belly weighted swim bait like especially an ewg style 
like if I'm throwing mag drafts, I'm throwing the standard with the trouble on the bottom, or if I'm throwing like big hollow belly mm-hmm. stuff like that, I'm throwing a jig head where it's exposed. And that's honestly one of my favorite plates ever is throwing like a half ounce, a swim bait head, like a five aught with a big hollow belly and rolling that baby on the bottom, especially like on Chickamauga and stuff. God, that's so much fun, dude. When you, cause you get throttled. I was on a really good bite with that a few years back for the first bass kayak championship. Everyone was up shallow throwing glide baits and, and, and flipping brush and all that stuff, which is fun. But did I realize because it's a river system back on, on possum kingdom that these fish were, it was like early June. I'm like, these fish are just off bed. Like they're going to be coming up and spawn it. They're not spawning, not spawning, excuse me. They're, I'm like, they're probably at ledges, man. Like they're probably going to set up just like that. And lo and behold, I find three schools in the first day of graphing and, one of those schools, I made two casts in it, caught two six pounders back to back though on that swim bait. I'm like, dude, this is gonna be so much freaking fun. Like, and then the water be- got muddy on you. This is like the second or third time you've had muddy water affect your bite. That sucks. Yes. Yeah. Well, that one was a whole extreme. That one was freaking nuts, man. It went from 10 foot of viz to we had this torrential downpour overnight on day one of practice, which PK is connected to the Brazos River, north and south of it. From the top and bottom, PK is like a just a connection. So the Brazos flows down into PK, and then uh, PK dumps into the Brazos. And essentially, if you see the Brazos River, it is chocolate milk. So when it started flowing, uh, PK, crystal clear PK, turned into a tire lake of, like, literally when you drove by it or you're on it, it's orange. Like, that's how bad it was. And I had to to just going way up shallow. And flipping every bush with as big of a, a rage. I had a big rage bug. It was like the five inch one, like the giant one, to try to have just as big a profile as I can. And then lo and behold, the guy went, uh, the guy that uh, was in third actually was right next to me. He was pushed out. I was flipping, and then 10 yards off was a bunch of timber, and he was throwing a silent square bill in that color water and catching him, which made no sense to me at all. But like, was an interesting deal. And was it black guy, and chartreuse or white? Do you know what white. color? Yeah. So there, it just looked like shad. I got yeah. to watch them wax them, and like I could have, you know, went and gone and done that, but I'm sitting there I'm like, ah, that'd be shitty of me if I went and copied this guy. I mean, I could have gone to a different area, but then it's like I'm catching fish flipping, and you know, it's just like one of those deals where probably should have made a better adjustment and left, but it is what it is. It's an interesting deal. Forever a student, right? Like you're always going to be oh, learning yeah. in those situations. So next time you're better prepared for it. So that's one thing about like traveling the country. And I think like tournament anglers who fish like the same two, three lakes all the time, as soon as they go somewhere else, they're lost because they're not used to patterning fish in different areas. And that's why like I'm pro tours, sometimes it takes like if, these guys can survive the first two years. Like, for instance, like Tyler Rivette, right? Like, great angler. But it took him a couple of years to really, like, grab and hold on to the elite series. I remember the first two years he was in, I think he barely made it to the third year or because of COVID he was able to go to the third year. Like, And now he's always in the cut, like, wins Lake Okeechobee doing something completely different. And I think it's all situational based we're just learning as we go and the Mm -hmm. more you learn like studying the more time you have the more you learn the better off you're going to be and you're going to be more situationally prepared yeah i mean look at the different tournaments where he's like he said on stage he's from louisiana he's a flipper he wanted to be punching that's what he's good at and look at how versatile he's become i mean he won the dang thing scoping with a jerkbait well, uh, he was the one that was sitting on his butt at Lake Oahe throwing the Carolina rig, right? yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah. yeah the down. Like, yeah. that was an awesome <laughs> clip. And, dude, he had a really good event there, which is like, you yeah. think Oahe, you're like, no offense to Tyler, but you're like, I'm not what? picking Rivette for fantasy. I don't think no. he's going to do that well. Damn, Sun made the final day. Like, it's it's cool to watch those anglers come in. You're like, you have a little bit of like, you're like, man, he's a very regional specific. Like, on these events, you better pick him for fantasy, or he's gonna be easy. He's gonna be up there. Then there's certain events like St. Lawrence River. Probably shouldn't pick him. But yeah, I think probably. he did good last year too at the St. Lawrence, if I remember correctly. Probably. I think the yeah. dude just adjusts well. Yeah, I think he's he's figuring it out as he goes. Yeah. So and he's doing really good at it. Yeah. But uh, really fast, though, I pulled up uh, the Omnia fishing 
Uh, they don't have the Rage Swimmer specifically that I was th- that I was throwing, but they have a Kitek Swing Impact 6.8 inch that is pretty on par with what I was throwing. So if you guys want to get any of the gear, I did put a, f- a fishing report um, on Omnia for the Harris Chain, um, and I can drop that in the, the description for you guys. But if you want to see some of the gear and stuff I use, I'll drop a whole list on it for the Chasing Hardware videos that I'll have out. But uh, you guys, if you guys haven't yet seen what we do with Omnia, um, if you guys want to use, you know, save money off all your tackle, we do have a first time user code called serious first all caps it's all it's in the show notes for mp3 and youtube that gets you 15 percent off your first order and then we have series 10 which is 10 percent off and you can use that as many times as you want um we've had some people say like when they're trying to order rods and reels they won't work there is like certain companies like i think it's shimano shimano megabast i think daiwa is one of them as well uh like any like japanese company shimano G Loomis, I don't think it works on. What was that? Do it for Jackal too. Uh, Jackal, I don't believe works either. So like the damn JDM companies. Yeah, it's um. Essentially, is the code doesn't work for certain companies, not because it's Omnia, but because those companies don't allow the retailers to apply discounts. So correct. Note that that is for everybody though. That's like that's every online retailer, not just Omnia. But that's why you never see them go on sale either, because they're not allowed to really discount them unless it's like they're switching up the model. And that's when you see the older models go on sale. But um, well, I was going to say the one thing that I truly love about Omnia, not only is it the great has an awesome bait selection, it seems to grow every quarter. They bring in new baits, but it's a crazy fast shipping like you put your order in. And it's out the door usually same day if you get it in before their doors close mm-hmm. or you have your shipping label as to where some other companies it might take two or three days just for them to ship your product. And I think Omnia is what, two day, $5 shipping. Is it that right? Or it's I like three day, $5? 50. I'm pretty sure it's free. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think it's like five ninety nine. I guess obviously, guys, it's like it depends on where you're at too. But yeah. um, the shipping is super fast, super easy. Like it's not like back in the day where I used to order from another popular, very popular retailer. Uh, I won't call them out specifically. I'm not really calling them out because I ordered so much freaking stuff from them over the years. But like, <laughs> yeah, it was unless you ordered, you know, next day that was forty dollars shipping. Uh, granted, that was what they had to do with the amount of demand at one point, especially with COVID. But regardless, the shipping of this is a dream. Plus, they send you a free handwritten note that makes you feel good, and they send yeah. you free turkey and apparel so it's yeah. kind of cool yeah. uh, so the good the good people at over at omnia and uh they'll be running a bunch of sales throughout the classic and stuff like that and that's one thing you'll look out too is we'll try to make some content around uh red crest and classic wing baits i'm actually very intrigued to see what those are going to be this year which <coughs> speaking of red crest oh can't wait a couple there. weeks away not even what like two weeks before we fly out ish yeah, two weeks yeah we yeah. fly down on a tuesday We'll be doing some live in-person uh, shows. We're actually going to be doing stuff at the show or at the uh, launch the first two days of the event. We're going to have uh, a live, not live, but we'll be doing shows. And we'll post them right up afterwards. So essentially it's kind of live. I mean, it's relevant to the time. Yeah. Um, we may try to go live pending uh, what is, uh, you know, the connection and all that deal. But um, we're going to be doing a bunch of shows there, trying to get some of the guys on their off days. Um so that should be good. Some Red Crest content. If you're going to be at Red Crest, let us know because we'll be at the X2 booth. I'll be floating around from X2 to the Pure Fishing booth to whomever the heck is going to be there that we're we're working with. So um, holler at us. X2 booth is going to be popping. It's going to be fun. Make sure you guys go check that out. Um, but yeah, Red Crest is going to be fun as heck. Yeah, I look forward to it. Plus, it's Charlotte. So, like, I've never been to Charlotte, right? It's in Charlotte, I believe. Yeah, it's like a, 20 minutes north Lake, of Charlotte. Lake Norman. Yeah, on Norman. I don't know where exactly the expo is. I'll have to look that up. We probably yeah. know that. But <laughs> regardless, the launch will be at the launch when the guys go and blast off, and we'll be doing a show with the, with the backdrop and the stuff behind us. It'll be super cool. So, Heck yeah. You guys can pop in if you're hey, if you see us at the launch and we're setting up podcasts or we're, we're recording. I mean, we'll have an extra mic. Yeah. You know, you guys can pop in if you want. Oh, that'd be so, fun. Yeah, that'd be cool. 
uh, as well as for the classic Classic's going to be fun too. Although Andy's not going to be able to be there. Unfortunately, it'll be Deacon and I, uh, we'll be at the X2 booth. We'll be at the blackfish booth. We'll be at the Hobie eyewear booth. Uh, I'll be floating around from Humber, Minkota to, you know, Berkeley, Abu, Fenwick, all that, all the whole pure fishing booth, uh, be at X2 a lot, be at, uh, be all over the dang place. I'll be around TH Marine folks. Uh, and I think that how many folks are, folks are going to be there. They're, I think they're just going to be floating around. Yeah. Say, I think they usually just float around and have some fun. So, yeah, for sure. So we'll be, we'll be at those. We'll be at both. Uh, so you guys can find us. We're going to try to bring some swag for folks that uh, if you're going to make it, we'll try to get you some swag. Um, but beyond that, I'm looking forward to the events. It's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. We like doing the shows because this is the time of year because there's not a lot of people up north where we're at, especially in the industry. For It's our chance to see a lot of the people that we get to talk to over social or on the podcast all the time. So it's a lot of fun getting to see everybody, talk fishing, talk life, go get some beers. It's a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. I know you loved your first classic last year. I did. It was um, I hung out with Schnup at the G2 Gemini booth for the three days helped them set it up tear it down and it was it was a lot of fun i i'm sad i'm gonna miss this one but after this i probably won't miss another classic until we're not invited to go back so it's gonna be uh fun <laughs> yeah well and the nice part you know red crest too you can yeah. go around that sucker you can go wherever the heck you want it'll be it'll be cool we'll be active on socials yeah it'll be fun as long so. as we have cell phone service inside the convention center classic a- tough, but it just means you guys will get uh, like 1,000 stories. And yeah, at one time. We get back to the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so. That is why we will not be going live at the Classic. We'll be doing shows at the Classic, Deacon and I, as well as Rudd will be joining us. Um, and we'll have uh, wh- whomever, you know, X2 Pro and such. We'll be usually, we'll be recording some of the shows at the X2 booth. Um, and whomever <laughs> whomever's around will join us. Uh, but we will not be going live from those because it is there's so many dang people at the Classic Expo that it is impossible to get any cell service, especially good enough to go live. Yeah, and also like Knoxville, the first time they went there set like the attendance record, I believe, for like biggest classic. I expect the same thing this time. It's gonna be huge. Knoxville's gonna be nuts, man. I'm I'm really excited for it. Yeah. Um, I've all I've heard a lot of stuff about the. Mike Iaconelli almost has 20 pounds right now. Yeah, and Kyle Welcher just caught a big one on a frog. Oh, are you watching it? Yeah, I have it streaming down here at the bottom. And uh, he caught a good one. He caught a good one on the frog, and now he's flipping the old uh, looks like a Sanko on a Texas rig on the same spot he caught the frog. And he lost a good one, and now he's landing like a 15, 16 incher. So, dude, flip. Okay, so a half ounce tungsten with a Sanko. Like Texas rig is probably the like from a numbers and a size standpoint the best bait like universally in the entire country. Oh yeah, it catches them everywhere. You can flip it, you can cast it out deep and drag it. It's definitely yeah. something I do, but nobody should take notes on that. Uh, like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm the exact opposite. I I fish on like a three sixteenth ounce weight because I use a little MGL seventy reels and I can bomb that sucker on like. 12 15 pound test and just count to 100 for it to get down but it falls incredibly fast even with a 360 oh, yeah, yeah yeah so i mean it's, it's funny so andy will go and he'll be up shallow flipping it and then i'll turn around and bomb it 100 yards and just slowly drag the sucker <laughs> but yeah, like just, I'll, I'll drag that thing in like 25 foot of water and you'd be nope. surprised how many big largemouth are on bottom about that deep they eat it they absolutely. Oh, so yeah. funny thing about live right now, Drew Cook and Drew Benton are literally fishing like less than a thousand yards from each other. Go figure. A thousand yards <laughs> is a long ways, buddy. I know, but it's like on a big lake, it's really not that far. They're fishing the same general area, and it looks like they're both offshore trap fishing. So that's we. Oh, uh, Cook's got a good one. Well, <laughs> one and I they share info. Two, yeah. they're locals. Yeah, and they're best friends. Yeah, so they I'm travel. Not... Yeah, so it's cool. So, oh, not a trap. That looks like a swim jig. Interesting. Mm, very interesting. Yeah, as we're talking about this on a Friday episode, it's gonna be a day behind, but yeah, fun. Everyone, <laughs> dude, we know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We all watched it a hundred times already. Oh. 
Uh, but yeah, so this past week was a really fun episode with Keith Carson talking yeah. finding giants in the spring. Obviously, catching bass uh, is is easy in the springtime numbers wise, but there's some t- there's something to finding your true giants in the spring. That's what we broke down with Keith Carson. So if you guys haven't checked that episode out yet, highly encourage Great. you to go back and watch it. And then coming up, uh, we talked about it on Keith's show, but really exciting episode coming up next Tuesday night for live. I'm so pumped uh, for that. We did. We thought originally that we it was the first live stream he's ever done, but uh, old Pat at Straycast has had him on before. But uh, Mr. Hank Parker is going to be joining us for live, and we got Chris Lane coming on that week as well. Uh, so we got a we have a star-studded lineup for next week. It's a good week I'm of really shows. For yeah. it's going to be awesome. Um, Hank is. <laughs> I'm just excited for the story to be able to bring out. So I hope you guys will join that. Whether or not you can come live uh looking just look forward to that episode it's going to be a heck of a time but uh andy anything else for the folks before we sign off here my bat my laptop battery's at nine percent oh no so um real quick um this saturday's lure lab episode we break down um the difference between the original mag draft and the freestyle and when to throw it with josh bragg who is a mega bass pro so it's a really fun one but also what i want to throw out there is on our website we do have that apparel shop still going so make sure you check it out you can get swag from serious angler business from the bass boat and the lure lab and we greatly appreciate you guys purchasing our apparel and rocking it. And we look forward to seeing everyone wearing it at Red Crest in the classic. So, oh, yeah. I mean, speaking of that, hats are in. I just got oh. a notification that uh, last week that the hats are at my house. So they're now good and ready to go to ship. So if you guys want a Sears Angler hat, this from the Bass Belt hat, we have different styles and colors of each. Uh, SearsAnglerNetwork.com. Again, like Andy said, it's linked down below. Go get yourself a hat. Um, and we have some other new stuff coming. We're going to try to get like blackfish, uh, sun hoodies coming up in this, you know, when we lead into summer, if you guys want one of those, we might have to do a pre-order for those. If we do just stay tuned to the show and obviously social media and we'll, uh, if that's something you're interested in, the angler sun hoodies are freaking sick. That's about all I wear <laughs> once it's not winter time anymore. Yep. Uh, regardless of if I'm fishing or not, cause they're so dang comfortable. And so we're going to try to get some serious angler and business from the basketball branded ones. Uh, we can throw some lure lab in there too. We just have to get a pre-order for them. Um, working on trying to get some, some more and better gear added to that that you guys can take advantage of. Uh, and we're going to try to get some stickers too. I know stickers isn't, isn't like a huge deal, but um, I know some people like it. We've had some emails come in about people asking for stickers. So regardless, um, we appreciate it. We hope you guys take advantage of it. You know, if you're listening to this on uh, MP3 and you have a means to give us a rating review and you haven't done so yet, uh, we would highly appreciate that because it really helps us out big time. It takes you 30 seconds tops. Mm-hmm. You know, just click a start, whether it's one or five or three, whatever you're gonna do. Like, yeah. give us a nice rating, regardless. It helps us out, uh, gets us shown more, which helps you guys because the show uh, ultimately more ratings, the more the show gets shown to new folks, which increases. The audience which helps us be able to do more things to show which ultimately comes back full circle and helps you guys out so we much appreciate that Agreed. anything else Andy, before we sign off here uh real quick book a guide trip if you're planning on it get in contact with me um i only have like five or six days left in may and june and i'm going to throw this out here now as our listeners will be the first ones to hear it um uh, came up with a deal with elf angler and usually in the past i would give away a hundred dollar gift card to a tackle store wherever you want of your choice for big fish of the year uh this year we were going to be partnering with elf angler and the guy and the client who catches the biggest bass on my boat this year will win that alpha angler rod that they caught the fish on. So the same exact model. So like if you catch on a spy bait finesse rod, which is probably the rod that's going to happen on, if it happens on Erie, that would be the rod that you would win at the end of the year. Or if we go largemouth fishing, if you catch on a chatterbound or a rebound or a Zilla, like that's the rod you will win. So that's pretty exciting. I really look forward to like all of the content and details that are going to come from that. Cause it's going to be a really fun year to, talk about it and have a story to go with it so yeah, yeah. I mean, a f- freaking deal in itself yeah and 
250 to $320 rods that you can win for catching the biggest bass for going out on a trip with me. So um, we'll have some fun in it. We try to make it completely educational based artificial only. I don't use live bait on my guide trips. So it's um, going to be fun. Flatworms only. Flatworms only. Oh, we use other things too, but flatworm always gets bit. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, folks, we appreciate y'all as always. I know we say it all the time, but we really mean it. But you would not be doing the show if you guys. Y'all rock. Obviously, we enjoy it, but the fact that you guys enjoy it too, uh, it's extra incentive for us to keep doing these shows. Um, we have a new show coming to the network this spring that we're still in the midst of just trying to get the background working on. Um, but uh, I don't want to give it up too much just yet. We'll, we'll start knocking some pr- uh, some sneak peeks coming, but we'll have to. We'll be a new person joining the team. Uh, it's going to be a cool niche that I think a lot of people are asking for. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm just kind of letting a little bit cat out of the bag there. You guys at least expect a new show on the network. Uh, it'll be a like lure lab and Vision the bass boat where it's, it's on our network here where we can talk about it, link it. Uh, but it's on its own platform. So it'll be its own show. That way you guys are on this platform. Now you're getting only serious angler shows Vision from the bass boats, getting only Vision from the bass boat shows. Which, if you guys, I mean, we talked about it a while ago uh, when it switched. Uh, if you guys miss the Biz from the Bass Boat shows on here and you're wondering why it's not on Sears Angle anymore, it's because it's on its own platform. Just go into whether you listen to Apple, Spotify, et cetera. We have it linked down below too to make it easier on you. But if you're in the app and it's easy, you can just search Biz from the Bass Boat and then you'll be able to find it and uh, be able to. Uh, Go and look through the shows. We'll have a whole channel and everything um, being made on Apple. That way you guys can get all the Sears Angler Network shows on there. And you don't have to go look for the other ones. But uh, regardless, uh, a lot of fun stuff coming for the platform. Appreciate appreciate everybody. And we'll see you on Tuesday night for Mr. Hank Parker. Peace. <laughs>